Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we chat with Trade and Immigration Minister Jeremy Harrison. We discuss provincial initiatives to train Ukrainian refugees to fill job vacancies across the province, including rural Saskatchewan. We have an update on harvest in west-central Saskatchewan. There's a rising number of farmers taking advantage of the expanded interest-free portion of the cash advance program. We have an update on the pulse crop harvest. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The province's Minister of Immigration and Career Training is hoping Ottawa will reduce restrictions on incoming Ukrainian refugees from working in rural Saskatchewan. Jeremy Harrison says all Ukrainian newcomers with a valid work permit are now eligible for provincial job grant and training subsidy funds. SARM has requested the refugees be allowed better access to work in rural areas, and Harrison agrees with the sentiment. Yeah, I mean, we have worked really, really diligently um, with partners, you know, both within government, at the municipal level of government, within the private sector, in really what is an unprecedented airlift from Ukraine to Saskatchewan. And, you know, we've done that for a whole number of reasons. Number one, I mean, it's the right thing to do. But number two, we really feel uniquely positioned here in Saskatchewan with, you know, 15 plus percent of our population directly descended from Ukraine, that we are able to really play a very important role in integrating, resettling, and ultimately providing a safe home for those who have fled this horrible war. So we, though, as a part of that, have also moved forward. And, and I had a great chat with uh, with Ray Orb, the president of SARM, just a couple of days ago. And, you know, Ray had asked about the opportunities for newly arrived Ukrainians to take advantage of training programs that we offer in this province, because typically those training programs are available to permanent residents and citizens, not those who are here on a temporary permit or a temporary visa. It's very different, the the visa that Ukrainians are on that arrive here. I mean, it's a three-year visa with the path actually to permanency through it. So it's a very different thing than a visitor's visa or something like that. So we actually changed our program over the weekend to allow for those who are from Ukraine with the emergency visa to actually uh, access our training programs through the Canada Job Grant and through our Reskill Saskatchewan training subsidy, which are two of the main programs for for training here in the province. So we move very, very quickly on, on that, and we think that there's going to be some real advantages for Ukrainians. And that was part of a broader discussion about those who are arriving from Ukraine. Many with ag backgrounds are from rural parts of Ukraine who wanted to go work on uh, in an ag setting on the farm and 
the federal government have in place just outrageous restrictions that literally prevent those from rural Ukraine working in rural Saskatchewan, um, requiring chest x-rays and all kinds of medical examinations, which make literally no sense, which I which I told the federal minister make no sense. And we're hopeful that Ottawa is going to see some way to common sense on all of this. I'm not holding my breath, that being said. But this, at least with the training program that we have in place, will allow those arriving from Ukraine the opportunity to access training and take jobs that are available. Harrison says there is a shortage of skilled workers in several areas in this province, including agriculture. We do in particular sectors, and we actually had responded by creating a new program within the provincial nominee program called the the Heart to Fill Skills Pilot, which basically focuses on health, manufacturing, agriculture, construction, hospitality and retail, which is really where we're seeing some very acute shortages. We are seeing shortages really in a pretty general way across the economy, but there are sectors where there are really real acute challenges, construction being one where we have $15 billion of investment coming into the province, and we need people to actually be able to take advantage and build these projects. So we've responded quickly, um, but we definitely are, are facing some challenges. Jeremy Harrison is the Provincial Minister of Immigration and Career Training. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. The combines are rolling in parts of west-central Saskatchewan. We reached the crops extension specialist in a field near Hoosier, northwest of Kindersley. Jesse Bond says crop yields will vary greatly throughout the west-central district of Saskatchewan. Yeah, everything's coming in uh, pretty quickly, actually. There's a lot of lentils are getting taken off right now. A lot of peas are starting to get taken off. Some early cereals are being combined as well. And uh, a lot of the canola is, is really turning quickly as well. So the combines are rolling pretty good in the southwest, in the west central area? Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, we're in full harvest mode out here. Now, how does it look for staging? Because it was one of those years where you had to seed at certain times, then we had rain, or is there a lot of late crop yet? It depends where you go in the area. It varies a lot over short distances. There's some stuff that is all ready to be harvested and some stuff that, yeah, likely is still a couple weeks out. So uh, what would you describe the crop this year? Below average, average, or above average? Well, that one, again, depends on the area a bit. There's going to be some well above average crop, I think, and there's going to be some well below average. So uh, maybe hopefully we average out in the middle right at an average crop. How is the precipitation in the west central area? Recently, it's uh, been pretty minimal. There's been some hailstorms that dropped some rain as well. But, uh, yeah, in the last month, there hasn't been a whole lot. So crops are ripening pretty fast then, I can imagine. Yes, they are, yeah. Do you expect harvest to be in full swing in the next week or so? Yeah, I, I'd say in the next week or so, I, I expect harvest to be in full swing. There'll be a lot of a lot of guys rolling in their cereals, so there'll be a lot of acres coming off pretty quick. So what fields seem to be thriving? What fields seem to be suffering from the weather? I'd say just from uh, visually looking from the roads, it, it looks like the cereals and the canola maybe did the best this year. Sounds like the pulses maybe were a, a little bit weaker. Some areas having too much rain and having uh, disease issues and then not enough rain and just not growing the crop. Much problem with insects in the west central area? Yeah, grasshoppers have 
certainly been an issue. They, they seem to be getting worse right now this time of year. So there's a lot of them showing up in the combine samples and a lot on the roads. When do you expect harvest to wrap? I'd say if the weather holds and we, we keep getting all this warm weather, I don't think there will be a whole lot left after probably the middle of September. Jesse Bond is the Provincial Crops Extension Specialist in Kindersley. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Brittany Warner here with realagriculture.com. Today we're joined by Dr. Michelle Hubbard. She is a research scientist in pulse pathology with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. Today we are talking about chickpea disease management. First and foremost, what is kind of the most prevalent disease that uh, producers want to look for and what are you talking about here today? So the most important disease for chickpea is Ascochyta blight and it's caused by a fungus, Ascochyta rabii. And this disease, your management, as with most diseases, starts before you even seed a crop with planning. So plan for good crop rotations. That means planting chickpea in a field that hasn't had chickpea for at least three or four years and avoiding having a field nearby with chickpea stubble that could be infected. Okay. And then there's no complete genetic resistance, but there are some cultivars are more resistant than others. So picking a variety with some resistance to Ascochyta is a good start. Um, another possible management practice is intercropping, growing flax and chickpea together in the same field, okay. either in the same row or in alternating rows. Then, um, regardless of using all of these good practices, you want to scout your fields early in the season and that's important because chickpea ascochyta blight is largely managed by fungicides and fungicides are not curative so if you already have the disease and you've already your plants are severely damaged the fungicide's not going to do you so much good you want to get out there early i was going to say early detection is kind of key so at what point uh do farmers need to get out and be scouting for this and kind of take us through the staging and, and what they should be looking for sure so you want to start early when the plants are still vegetative as early as seven to eight nodes and typically there won't be disease at that point but if there is what you're looking for is small black dots on the stems and the leaves and these dots can be easily mistaken for dirt so a way to do it is you, first of all you have to really get out close with the plants you can't just walk through the field or drive by and then if you see black dots, give them a little rub and see if they come off. If they do, chances are it's dirt. If not, it's likely disease. And then you should plan to apply a, apply a fungicide relatively soon. Right. And another important component to disease development is the environment. So if there's rain in the forecast or it's recently rained or there's high humidity, that greatly increases your risk. Whereas if it's hot and dry, 
you'll probably don't need to apply a fungicide. And, and cooler conditions as well. So wet and cool conditions are kind of that prime breeding ground for this disease to kind of, you know, have legs. Exactly. Okay. And after that um, six to seven node stage, and if you don't see any of those black dots when you're kind of pulling up the plant there, when should you be going back uh, to, to scout again? Does it need further scouting? What does that process look like? It absolutely needs further scouting. You do not assume you're good if there's nothing at seven or eight nodes. You need to keep coming back. Typically, I'd say seven to ten days, but that could be more frequent if there was rain. So if it had been dry, but then you got a rain, disease could show up in as little as three, four, five days. Um, so you need to keep scouting. And even if it's dry, you should scout again every ten days or so. And plants do become more vulnerable to ascochyta blight as they end the vegetative stage. So flowering and later, mm -hmm. the, the resistance that is present starts to break down and the risk of disease showing up increases. Our producers looking for different symptoms outside of those little black specks after the six to seven node stage. What are things they can look for as they continue to scout throughout the growing season? Well, at any stage, the disease, no matter the plant developmental stage, the first symptoms of the disease are little black dots. Then those black dots will progress to slightly larger black dots and then brownish dots. And then, and you really, regardless of plant age, you want to start your fungicide program when, the, when it's at that stage, if possible. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today with 60% chance of showers and risk of a thunderstorm. Wind north 20, gusting to 40. The high 28 degrees. The low 10. Thursday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers in the afternoon with risk of a thunderstorm. Wind north 20, gusting to 40, the high 27 tomorrow, the low 10. Friday, sunny, the high 26, the low 13. Saturday, sunny, the high 28, the low 12. Sunday, partly cloudy with a high 31, the low 14. Monday, sunny, the high 31, the low 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 27 degrees. Normal high for this date is 25, the normal low is 9. The sun rose at 5.50 this morning, it sets at 8.15 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Coronac at 31 degrees. And that's not just the Saskatchewan hot spot, it's tied with Lillooet, B.C. for the Canadian hot spot today. The cold spot at Melfort, 20 degrees. Estevan is 24, Saskatoon 25, Swift Current 27, Weyburn 25, Yorkton is 21. Regina has some light rain in the district this hour. It's 25 degrees. That's 77 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 2. Humidity is 54%. The barometric pressure rising 101.8. Cloudy and Moose Jaw 27. Winds are from the west at 17. Once again, Regina, light rain and 25, that's 77 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. 
You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A rising number of farmers are taking advantage of the expanded, interest-free portion of the federal cash advance program. The program is administered by the Canadian Canola Growers Association. The Director of Finance and Operations at the Canola Growers, Dave Gallant, says the federal government has expanded the interest-free portion of the cash advance to $250,000 this year. We're seeing uh, quite a bit of a rush on the program already this year, Jim. What has happened is the ministers increased the interest-free component to $250,000 this year. Uh, and as well, the advance rates went up this year by about 40% across the board. So what we're seeing is that we've got more farmers applying, and they're applying for bigger advances already. And given the fact that last fall was so difficult for so many farmers because of the drought, we expect to see a huge run on the program once harvest has concluded, as farmers know exactly what they've got in the bin as well as what the quality of that grain is that's going to be in the bin. This enables them to hold on to see if prices will be going up without incurring extra costs, right? Exactly. The whole purpose of the program is to put cash in their hands now so they don't have to sell in the fall when prices might be lower so they can market their grain well into the future when they can achieve a better price and ultimately a better bottom line for their farm. So it's a financial tool for producers. Tell me a little bit about why should they choose an advance from the canola growers? Well, CCGA has been at this for just about 40 years now. We are the largest administrator, and we offer the lowest cost advance. There's no fee. The first 250000 is interest-free, and the remaining $750,000 is a prime minus seven, three-quarters of a percent. And with that, we give farmers the broadest range of services that are available. So we have an experienced staff who know all the issues around cash advances. We offer farmers the ability to pay through any bank or credit union in Western Canada. Farmers can deliver at any grain elevator in Western Canada and have deductions taken on their behalf. Farmers have a secure website where they can both sign up as well as monitor their account and submit documentation with no additional fee or cost for them. So it gives farmers an experienced administrator with the best service available at the lowest price. What's the deadline to pay back this cash advance? So if a farmer's taking a cash advance this fall, that advance for grains and oil seeds will be due September 30th of 2023. And if a farmer has an advance already from last year, so the 2021 program, that deadline date for grains and oil seeds will be September 30th of this year, so September 30th of 2022. If a farmer has a cash advance from last year, can he take another one out this year without having paid back last year's yet? Yes, he can. The limit the farmer has, so the million dollars, is his limit across all his outstanding advances. So as long as the farmer stays under that million dollar limit, they can have an advance from multiple program years. This is for grain. Do you have one for livestock as well? Yes, we do actually over 55 different products. So we do grains, oil seeds, livestock, cattle being the largest, but we also do bison, sheep, goats, and and lambs. Uh, We also do organic grains. And what's the limit there on, on the livestock end? It's the same limit for farmers, 250000 interest-free, no fee, and an overall limit of a million dollars. And what kind of interest have you had? We have had huge interest. Like I said, we are seeing more farmers sign up than historically we've seen in the last couple of years. The average advance this year is up over 50% from prior years. So farmers are taking bigger advances because the rates allow them to get more money for the same amount of product, whether it's livestock or grain, as they had last year. 
And there are key reasons why they're really doing this. I think the key reason is, one, the interest rate savings. A farmer with a $500,000 advance, if they went to the bank, they would pay roughly $28,000 worth of interest. Under a cash advance with CCGA, their interest cost would be about $9,800. So they'd save anywhere from twenty-three dollars to $26,000. Dave Gallant is the Director of Finance and Operations at the Canadian Canola Growers Association. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan's pulse crop harvest is getting underway. Saskatchewan Pulse Crops agronomy manager Sarah Anderson first provides a look back at the 2022 growing season on the Pulse of the Prairies podcast. The Pulse Growers Agronomy Manager says some areas were too wet, some too dry. There was some herbicide carryover issues, which created rotational issues. Rising costs and supply chain issues were also an issue this year. Then hail also hit some crops, she says, along with grasshoppers. And there were pea aphids. Disease probably a little bit, you know, maybe not our, our most widespread disease year, but but certainly had some hot spots. Um, anthracnose and lentil comes to mind in certain regions of the province, uh, seeing more density and frequency of that disease. Also, root rot rearing its head again. I, th- I think we had a little bit of a reprieve from it last year. So finding it in, in those areas that kind of coupled up with uh, susceptible pulse crops and moisture crops. And then last but not least, and this is maybe a niche issue to some of our growers, but we've talked about it before, um, the chippy health issue. Anderson says farmers are feeling pressure now that harvest has started. So they're, you know, first of all, going to need to, if they are using a, a pre-harvest or a desiccation product, they're going to need to be planning what products they're going to use. And so that has to take a lot of the boxes as well, too. Is it registered? Is it going to be accepted by the buyer? And then, you know, last but certainly not least, is it actually going to be the right agronomic tool for what you're wanting to accomplish with that harvest management? So right tool for the weed spectrum and also environmental conditions of the field, the timing that you're going to apply it at, um, you know, is it early stage harvest? Is it last stage harvest? Again, those decisions are probably not whole farm uh, decisions. So product choice that's appropriate for one field or one crop might not be uh, appropriate for, for another on the same farm. Anderson has more ideas on harvest preparation. For example, pre-harvest glyphosate timing um, is when grain moisture is 30% or lower. A little bit hard to uh, assess that, but in a lentil crop, for example, that's, you know, you're looking to see about 80% of that plant being yellow to brown, really, really starting to make that that senescent turn. Seeds from the top third of the, the plant are fully formed and firm, so they're not really juicy when you when you squeeze them. Um, seeds in the mo- bottom third are hard, uh, brown, and they'll get that distinctive rattle if you pick the plant and, and shake them. So that's sort of some of the cues that you're looking for Uh, across the field Um, and then finally the proper application in general of these products so that's where some of the agronomic efficiencies come in we want to time it appropriately from a physiological staging uh, perspective but also apply it under the conditions recommended for that product so for example products containing the desiccant diquant 
are ones that you want to apply at night, for example. Um, growers also, like any crop protection products, um, need to familiarize themselves with best use practices. So water volumes and potential tank mix partners, as well as uh, checking the label for pre-harvest interval lengths. So those are just a few things, and I, I'm sure I've missed a, a few, but yeah, really right now, uh, growers are doing a little bit of everything, just trying to wrap up the season. Sarah Anderson is the agronomy manager for the Saskatchewan Pulse Group. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Go from backyard blah to backyard beautiful with landscaping products from Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Sask Pork, perfect pork, our passion, our promise. Learn more at saskpork.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading this morning. Viterra prices for canola gained a dollar thirty at seven fifty three twelve. Lentils declined twenty dollars at seven oh five fifty. One red spring wheat went down seven eighty four at three hundred seventy dollars twenty cents. The rest were unchanged. Durham four zero eight sixty two. Feed barley two sixty two eighty seven. Chickpeas nine twenty five ninety five. Flax six twenty seven sixty seven. Oats two ninety six fifty three, yellow peas four forty two eighty nine, and feed wheat two ninety nine fifty six. At Minneapolis, September spring wheat fell nineteen and three quarters cents at eight eighty three a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of August 16th. Our last regular sale was on August 3rd. The market on butcher cattle has been holding steady. They're still selling well. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.07 to $1.18. D3 cows sold from $0.90 cents to $1.05. Canner cows sold from $0.60 cents to $0.80. Cents. Heiferettes sold from $1.35 to $1.55. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.25 to $1.45. We had our first pre-sorted yearling season. Uh, yearling sale of the season. Wow, what a time to be in the business. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.37 and sold it to $2.45. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.41 and sold it to $2.45. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.46 and sold it to $2.58. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $2.39 and sold it to $2.58. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged two dollars and 26 cents and sold it to two dollars and 38 cents and steers over 900 pounds averaged two dollars and nine cents and sold it to two dollars and 30 cents heifers were about 15 to 20 cents back from the steers some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 700 pound black steers at two dollars and 56 cents a pound a load of 800 pound black steers at two dollars and 37 cents a pound a load of 900 pound exotic steers at two dollars and 30 cents a pound. A load of 980 pound exotic steers at $2.14 a pound. A load of 700 pound red heifers at $2.28 a pound. A load of 800 pound exotic heifers at $2.19 a pound. And a load and a half of 900 pound exotic heifers at $2.09 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,300 hogs Tuesday, selling in a range of 272 to $286 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,700 head, 
selling in a range of $271 to $289 per CKG. Hams number one salvos this week are steady, selling in the range of 70 to 80 cents per pound live weight. Hams cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices open higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is up 25 basis points, with the daily exchange at 1.2867. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 77.28 cents US. Today, the U.S. cash markets are mixed, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt bolting $13.18 U.S. 100 weight higher, while the national variance softened by a dime relative to the previous day. A $3.76 move lower in the cutout pressured the formulas, but the trend in the formula regions is still incrementally higher. Yesterday, lean hog futures sold off late in the session, with a nearby October contract approaching the daily limit low and losing more than $4.10 U.S. 100 weight by the close. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Assiniboia is one of more than a dozen communities in Saskatchewan dealing with health care disruptions this summer. Mayor Sharon Schoenberg says the Assiniboia Union Hospital is experiencing acute care bed closures. The Saskatchewan Health Authority says the bed closures are temporary due to a COVID-19 outbreak. According to the government, 17 rural hospitals have experienced temporary disruptions to emergency services between July 1st and August 8th. A motion up for debate by Regina City Council would see a living wage become a contract requirement for crews working on city projects. It would make it mandatory for successful bidders to pay their workers at least $16.95 per hour and would also be considered a contract condition. The matter is to come before City Council. On the markets, the TSX is down 106 points to 20,163. The Dow has fallen 174 points to 33,977. Oil has gained a dollar twenty-six at eighty-seven seventy-nine per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at seventy-seven point four zero cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.